everyone, and welcome back to Dory to Discovery, the Whippy Public Library podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Kylie. And uh, what are we talking about this month? Today we are talking about best books of 2023, in our opinions. In our opinions, <laughs> yeah. So these are, it's not a formal list, but mm-hmm. um, we are about to throw a whole lot of titles your way. Lots of recommendations to round out the year. Yeah, as usual, we will be making um, a list that will be um, linked in the description of this video. So you'll be able to click on that list and be able to see all of those books. So mm-hmm. you don't worry about writing them down. We've got you covered. Don't rush. <laughs> Um, we wanted to start off with um, some staff picks. So we went around and surveyed our staff at the Whitby Public Library and um, asked, you know, what was your favorite book that you read this year? It doesn't have to be something that was published this year, but just your favorite book that you read this year. Yeah. And we got a lot of responses. We did. Uh, so the first one we have is You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith, which is a memoir. There's also Eight Bears by Gloria Dickey, which is a nature nonfiction. Um, we've got The Disaster Artist by Greg Sestero, which is the um, the book that was written about the infamous movie The Room and his mm. experience working on that cult classic of the arguably the worst movie of all time. Interesting. Very good book. Mm. Uh, there's also Inside Out by Demi Moore. We've got Knockout by Sarah McLean. There's also Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. We've got The Lindbergh Nanny by Mariah Fredericks. There's Black River Orchard by Chuck Wendig. We've got Starter Villain by John Scalzi. Which has a really good cover, by the way. It's just a cat. Oh, a cat. I do love a cat and it's a good great. cover. Um, there's also Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. The Golden Spoon by Jessa Maxwell. No Strangers Here by Carlene O'Connor. The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. And rounding out our staff picks is A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe. Ooh, all good choices. All good choices. But we have a couple of our favorites. <laughs> yes. Um, so a few of my favorites from this year, I highlighted four. Um, so first up is The Blonde Identity by Ali Carter, which we've talked about on yeah, this podcast before. So good. Um, it was just hilarious. It was... Um, Romantic comedy, heavy on the comedy. Yes. Um, also romance, but it was just laugh out loud, hilarious. And I love a spy book, but like it was a spy book that didn't take itself too, too seriously, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, there's also Time to Shine by Rachel Reed. Um, she is one of my favorite romance authors. She's really great. Um, this one is, um, it. she writes a lot of hockey romance. Okay. Um, and this is her first traditionally published book. Um, or that started traditionally published, I should say. Um, and it follows, um, these two players on, um, a team in, I want to say Calgary, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, one gets called up from the farm team and one is like the hot shot player. Um, and so it's them kind of like balancing their like very different personalities and they fall in love. Um, there's also Warrior Girl Unearthed by Angeline Booley. Phenomenal book. Um, there's a heist. There's some really serious, heavy topics going on, but there's a lot of humor. There's a great found family in that one, which was just lovely to read about. That one is YA, but it was so well written. I loved it. And I also have a nonfiction on my favorites, The Radium Girls by Kate Moore. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, Radium Girls, it discusses um, the, like, watchmaking, not factories, the watchmaking, like, businesses um in the like early 20th century and how they were using radium which 
Um, all the women who worked there were told, oh, this is super safe and it's going to make you like really healthy working here. But they actually all got cancer and really severely diseased from working in this plant. And so it was about like the legal battle after yeah. that, um, once they all realized they were getting sick from their workplace. Um, it was really heart-wrenching, but really good. Yeah, it's on my list. The audiobook was very good. Okay, noted, because I love <laughs> to listen to a good book. Mm -hmm. um, so some of my favorites this year are kind of all over the place. Um, first one that I really, really loved was called The Night Shift by Alex mm. Finley. So it was a thriller. Um, it's kind of like a final girls type situation. Um, I really, really liked that one. That was great. Um, and I read a lot of mystery and thrillers. So mm -hmm. um, honestly, it kind of takes like a really good one in order to make an impact in my yeah. brain because I read so many of them. Um, so that one was great. I also really loved um, Looking for Jane by Heather Marshall. Oh, yes, that's on my list. It was incredible. I'm not a huge historical fiction girly, mm -hmm. um, but I picked this one up for a book club, and it was so good. Um, and it was about the um, like uh, right to women's bodies mm -hmm. uh, movement that happened in the 70s and the underground abortion clinics and, you know, everything that happened there. And it was, it was phenomenally written, really well um, executed, really well researched, mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic story. Um, another one that I really loved was Happy Place yeah. by Emily Henry. Love Emily Henry. I know we've got a few people that were talking about that one. She writes such beautiful stories. And this one just it was very nostalgic for me, um, especially as someone who's in my early 30s and just, you know, how your friendships and your relationships change over the course of your lives and sort of like mourning what they used to be versus what they are now. Like, And it was very funny and it was romantic. And it's a second chance romance between this couple that's been together for almost a decade and mm -hmm. they split up and they end up getting back together. Um, it's not really a spoiler alert. It's a romance book. <laughs> it's a romance. Um, but it was be it was beautifully told. Yeah. And my favorite book this year <laughs> is a bit of a wild card. So I understand it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, uh, but it's called Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver. And when I tell you, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at a book before. I'll be honest, it, it really is, um, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's a little out there. It's a little <laughs> bit out there. It is a romance and the romance is very sweet. But the two <laughs> the two people involved in the romance, I do have to be honest, um, are serial killers. So it's a bit of like a social commentary, but also very like campy. Mm -hmm. It's not scary at all. It's sort of like poking fun. Um, but they are serial killers and they compete and they're like Dexter-esque. <laughs> Kylie's laughing. They're Dexter-esque in that they only kill other bad people, like other serial killers. Yeah. And they get to get, you know, they have a chance encounter. It's very funny. And they get together and every year they compete in, in a game, essentially, where they have to go after this, you know, a person and whoever sort of gets to them first and they fall in love along the way. It's very funny. It's very silly. I it love was, it. It was so romantic. <laughs> Am I allowed to say a book about serial killers falling in love is romantic? Anyway, it was. Um, it's a really unique read and really worth it, like, if that's kind of something that you're willing to, to take on and, yeah. and give it a try. So those are, those are some of my favorites from this year. You've got a, a range of favorites there. <laughs> I do have quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's nice to have a range. It's, you know what? I don't often have a range while reading, but like sometimes we do. And you yeah. never you never know what you're going to enjoy. That's the other thing. Exactly. It's really easy to get stuck in the same, you know, 
rut. Not mm-hmm. not not a rut. I don't want to say a rut. But just reading. Reading the same thing over and over again. And then every once in a while, I'm like, oh, man, like that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like we mentioned before, The Disaster Artist by Greg Shapiro. Or not Shapiro. Not I'm so sorry. Sestero. Um, it was nonfiction. But um, I also read that book um, at the same time as a friend of ours and a colleague that read it. And it was phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. nonfiction. It was so good. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Room, but like when he does Johnny's voice, like <laughs> so the audiobook was really good. And yeah, it was nothing that I'd ever thought that I would enjoy before, but it was yeah. very good. Yeah. But um, what are you reading now? Ah, I just finished reading Killers of a Certain Age. Oh, yes. Uh, that's on by my list too. Deanna Rayburn. Mm-hmm. It was not quite what I was expecting. Okay. Um, from the cover, I did think it would be a little bit more comedic. Um, it was a little heavy. Okay. There, there was some comedy. Um, but it was a little heavier than I was anticipating, but it follows um, these four women um, who are assassins. I, do, I love it. Right? They were recruited to a an extra-governmental assassin program <laughs> um, in, sure. in the 70s when they were, like, in their early 20s. And so now it's present day, and they're retiring. Okay. And their company extra governmental assassin company sends them <laughs> the assassin company the assassin company sends them on a retirement cruise okay and they're like oh that's so sweet we've been here for like 40 years 40 something years that's so nice oh my um, god are they gonna take them out they try to take them out <gasps> on the cruise ship How and they're rude. like excuse me we have been assassinating for you for 40 years like yeah. you deserve a pin and a party they were like we put in so much time <laughs> And you think you can take, you can have like this 20 year old come in here and kill us off. Not today. Incredible. So they basically go off the radar and they're like, we're going to take down this group from the inside. The assassin group? Yeah. So (laughs) they, they basically um, are trying to figure out how they can take them down. Um, It was very good. Um, it does jump back and forth in time between um, them, like, going through training and, like, their first missions mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, which did throw me a little bit okay. at first because it didn't tell me when we jumped back to present. I thought it was historical at first. Ah, okay. Um, but um, it was really – it was good. It was very enjoyable. Surprise. Yeah, it was, it was not what I was expecting, but it was still really enjoyable. I love that. Yeah, that's one of our book club books mm-hmm. for the new year, so I'm looking forward to reading that yeah, one, too. Amazing. it was good. Tell me your thoughts when you're done. It. <laughs> oh, I will. We'll have a chat. Yes. Um, so I just finished. Oh, I just finished a really good book. Um, it's called The Only One Left. I'm so excited to read this. By Riley Sager. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. So um, this author is I, I is a favorite of mine. I really love his thrillers. They're really good. Um, so this one is really interesting. So this woman is a, is a caretaker and she's been on leave for six months um, because you find out that one of the, you know, the people that she was caring for um, died under her care. And mm. she was basically investigated like for that death. And, you know, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but she was, you know, there was found to be no foul play and yada, yada, yada. And that the person that she was caring for was quite ill. And they had, um, she had accidentally left that person's medication out and that person took all of their medication and essentially um, committed suicide, which was very sad. Um, And then you find out right as she's about to start this new job that the, the person she was caring for was her mother. 
So she is carrying some very heavy trauma, Mm -hmm. um, but she's she's been accepted back to work and she's only basically she's been given this job that essentially nobody wants um, for this to care for this person titled titled whose (laughs) name is Lenora Hope. And essentially in her town, um, the history of Lenora Hope, there's even a rhyme about her, is that she killed her whole family and hung her sister with a rope. Jeez. So she's like, oh, great. I get to go care for a alleged murderer. So, you know, she's in this house. She's in this massive mansion, like, you know, on the seaside caring for Lenora. And it's really creepy. And, like, you know, you hear footsteps at night and, like, what's going on? And um, Lenora can't speak. She's had several um, strokes. Mm -hmm. She can only use, like, her left hand, essentially. So they find this typewriter. And Lenora's like, I want to tell you my story, like, the Mm -hmm. whole story. So they work together to, like, type it out. And listen, I read a lot of mysteries. When I tell you every time I thought I had this figured out, I was wrong. It was so good. There were like three or four twists that just like threw you for a loop. The ending was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed this book. So, And I just finished that the other day. I'm excited. Yeah. It's been on my list for a bit, but like hearing that, I'm like, ooh, moving up on the list. A yeah, bit. it was really good. I loved it. And I, I did listen to the audio. I know you like audio. And it was really well narrated. So mm. I'm intrigued. Yes. So, uh, readers, I, I highly suggest that one. Yes. But I know we've got some new releases that we Kylie wanted do. to mention. We've got some we've got some cool ones. We've got a nonfiction. Okay. Um, so we can start with our nonfiction. It's called The Lost Tomb and Other Real Life Stories of Bones, Burials, and Murder by Douglas Preston. Immediately adding that to my list. Sounds so cool. So, um, it says Douglas Preston's journalistic explorations have taken him from the haunted country of Italy to the jungles of Honduras. He was granted exclusive journalistic access to the largest tomb in Egypt's Valley of the Kings, broke the story of an extraordinary mass grave of animals killed by an asteroid impact that ended the Cretaceous period and caused the extinction of the dinosaurs and explored what lay hidden in the booby-trapped money pit on Oak Island. The Lost Tomb brings together uh, an astonishing and compelling collection of true stories about buried treasure, enigmatic murders, lost tombs, bizarre crimes, and other fascinating tales of the past and present. I love books like that. Sounds really cool. Like, I'm not a huge non-fic reader, but when I do, man, I love something weird. I love an adventure. I do love an adventure. Anything having to do with, like, you know, caves. You're going to like this next book. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one that's being released um, in December is called Raiders of the Lost Heart by Joe Segura. Ooh, I'm already sold. It's a romance with archaeologists. I was going to say, like, is it like Raiders of the Lost Ark, but yeah. romance? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's very, like, Indiana Jones, like, Tomb Raider. Clearly, I'm romance. reading this. It's so good. So it says, it's been Corey's life goal to lead an expedition deep into the Mexican jungle in search of the long-lost remains of her ancestor, Chimali, an ancient warrior of the Aztec Empire. But when she's invited to join an all-expenses-paid dig to do just that, Corey is sure it's too good to be true. And she's right. As world-renowned expert on Chamali by rights, Corey should be leading the expedition, not sharing the glory with her disgustingly handsome nemesis. But Dr. Ford Matthews has been finding new ways to best her since they were in grad school. Ford certainly isn't thrilled either with his life in shambles. The last thing he needs is a reminder of their rocky past. But as the dig begins, it becomes clear they'll need to work together when they realize a thief is lurking around their campsite, forcing the pair to keep their discoveries and lingering attraction under wraps. 
With money-hungry artifact smugglers, the Mexican authorities, and the lies between them closing in, there's only one way this all ends. Explosively. <laughs> it's very good. I got an advanced copy of that one. Yeah. Um, super cute. Um, and last up, we have The Vacation House by Jane Shemelt. The Vacation House is a luxurious getaway for a wealthy English family, windows open to sun and sea, a sparkling swimming pool, and a verdant garden. One hot summer night, while the parents and their friends drink wine and amuse themselves, a young woman, the teenage daughter of the Greek caretaker, ventures for a walk on their private beach. Her life will never be the same again. Julia is the perfect spouse and mother, but behind her winning smile is a stifled woman trapped in a gilded cage, stricken with anxiety and perfectionism. When Julia meets Laurel, a therapist who promises to help her find fulfillment, Julia opens herself up to the hope of a different future. What happened in Greece all those years ago that binds these two women together? And will uncovering the truth destroy everything or set them free? Family drama. (laughs) Sounds great. I love family drama when it's not mine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously. (laughs) The fictional kind. The fictional kind of family drama. (laughs) All right, friends and listeners, um, we've got some in case you missed it for you as well. We did tell you this episode was going to be book heavy. It is very recommendation heavy. (laughs) It is a recommendee time today. So um, the first one we have up is called Mr. Magic by Kirsten White. 30 years after a tragic accident shut down production of the classic children's program, Mr. Magic, the five surviving cast members have done their best to move on. But just as generations of cultively devoted fans still cling to the lessons they learned from the show, the cast, known as the Circle of Friends, has spent their lives searching for the happiness they felt when they were on it, the friendship, the feeling of belonging, and the protection of Mr. Magic. But with no surviving video of the show, no evidence of who directed or who produced it, and no records of who or what the beloved host actually was, memories are all the formal circle of friends has. When a twist of fate brings the castmates back together at the remote dessert filming compound that feels like it's been waiting for them all this time. Even though they haven't seen each other for years, they understand one another better than anyone has since. After all, they're the only ones who hold the secret of that circle, the mystery of the magic man in his infinitely black cape, and maybe the answers to what really happened that deadly last day. But as the circle of friends reclaim their past, they begin to wonder, are they here by choice or have they been lured into a trap? So creepy. Oh my gosh. Like, if Mr. Rogers was creepy. I was going to say, like, it's like Barney but demon. Right? Like, <laughs> Barney but demon. I love that. Um, I read her other book, Hyde. Um, yeah. Amusement park but demon. So she writes creepy stuff. I do love a good creepy story. Yeah. She's good. Um, next up, we have Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. Mirren thinks she has got her wife back when Leah finally returns after a deep sea mission that ended in catastrophe. It soon becomes clear, though, that Leah is not the same. Whatever happened in that vessel, whatever it was they were supposed to be studying before they were stranded on the ocean floor, Leah has brought back part of it with her and onto dry land and into their home. Moving through something that only resembles normal life, Miri comes to realize that the life they had before might be gone. Though Leah is still there, Miri can feel the woman she loves slipping from her grass. Uh Uh-oh. She went under the ocean and came back different. Creepy. Gives me Bly Manor vibes. But like the end of Bly Manor. Creepy. Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the show came out like three years ago. I don't feel that bad, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And last but not least, um, the last hidden gem we have for you is called Ink Blood Sister Scribe by Emma Tours. 
For generations, the Calate family has guarded a collection of ancient and rare books, books that let a person walk through walls or manipulate the elements, books of magic that half-sisters Joanna and Esther have been raised to revere and protect. But all magic comes with a price, and for years the sisters have been separated. Esther has fled to a remote base in Antarctica to escape the fate that killed her own mother, and Joanna's isolated herself in their family home in Vermont, devoting her life to study these cherished volumes. But after their father dies suddenly while reading a book Joanna has never seen before, the sisters must reunite to preserve their family legacy. In the process, they'll uncover a world of magic far bigger and more dangerous than they ever imagined, and all of their secrets their parents kept hidden. Secrets that spent centuries, continents, and even other libraries. <gasps> library. You know, I love a library. I love secrets, and I love magic. Sounds like a good one. We love fantasy. Oh, don't we? <laughs> Um, well, that is all of the recommendations we have for you for today. There were a lot, so definitely check out the list um, for all of them with links to our catalog. Yeah, and we've really enjoyed hanging out with you guys for this last year or so. We hope you have a really wonderful holiday season. Um, Merry everything to you all, um, and we'll see you in the new year. Don't forget that we have our programs. Um, if you're local, we've got our book clubs. Um, we do have an author visit coming we've got the author of sunshine nails mine wing yeah. coming in december or january sorry i believe she's coming um mid to late january mm -hmm. so um we're doing an author visit for her so that'll be really fun and as usual we've got our book clubs we've got our 2s lgbtq plus book club we've got mm -hmm. our fictions and our non-fictions and our mystery book clubs yeah. um and follow us on our socials definitely do that's it that's all friends all right have a wonderful holiday season thanks for listening bye, bye.